This episode is brought to you by Gin & Co, author website design specialists. If you want a beautiful and functional website to promote your books and brand, reach out to Gin today. His work includes tailored, expertly designed, professional author websites. I finally have a website I'm proud to share. And we've got a special offer for Words and Nerds listeners. Reach out today and get a free domain name and website hosting for the first year. You can get their website essentials package, includes domain name, website hosting, backup and security, free for the first year with any website purchase. This is valued at $330 a year. Choose a website designed to bring your author brand to life. You can find more details about this special offer at ginand.co forward slash words and nerds. Welcome to the 2024 series of the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny B, author, publisher, and your podcast host. With over 1 million plays, thanks to you, listeners, readers, writers, creatives, teachers, librarians, and book lovers, thank you for coming along for the journey where we bring you relaxed and real conversations about writing and creativity. If you love an episode, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Danny V Words Nerds Podcast. Or you can check out my brand new website designed by Gin & Co at dannyv.com.au. Hi everyone and welcome to a special takeover episode of Words & Nerds. I'm your host, David Lawrence. And I'm your other host, Carla Hoppenberg. I'm glad to be here today with David, which is great. He's a children's author and Indigenous Literacy Foundation ambassador. His latest books, Ruby and the Pen and Xander and the Pen, are absolutely brilliant. That's what he told me to say. Um, David, you can pay me afterwards, okay? And Carla, if, if I can read your handwriting, is an Olympic gold medalist. No, that's not true, but she is an uber-talented children's book illustrator who has two magnificent published books, the gorgeous little shark Lulu is sleeping, and the book that made, made Nana's cool again, Mia Glamour. And on top of all that, she's a contributor to a stunning new book, Our Australian Heart, and that's what we're here to talk about today. And to do this, we're joined by the book's creator, Romy Sharp. Hi, Romy, how are you going? Hi, David. Nice to meet you. Thanks for Great. being here. Great for you to be here. And also, we have five of the wonderful writer-illustrators who have contributed to this beautiful book. We have Kim Dahan. Hi, Kim. How are you? Brilliant, David. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. And hi to Imogen Hartland. Hi, David. How are you? Nice to Really, really well. Very excited about tonight. I'm going to learn a lot. Uh, and from Melbourne, Michelle Dodd. How are you, Michelle? I'm very well, thank you. Lovely to be here. And let's fly all the way over to Perth and say hi to Rachel Robertson. Hello. Great to have you on board, Rachel. And also in Perth, Lainey Miller. How are you, Lainey? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Fantastic. And finally, our wonderful co-host, Carla Hoffenberg. Hi, Carla. Hi. I would love to say thank you to Danny for giving us an opportunity to do a takeover episode on Words and Nerds. I love listening to her podcast. It's so lovely to hear other authors and illustrators, and it keeps me entertained whenever I'm drawing. I pop it on in the background, and I always learn so much from her guests. And I'd like to start off by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that I'm on, the Wadawurrung people, and also the custodians throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Okay, so Romy Sharp, and if you ever want to feel 
inadequate, just Google Romy's CV. She's a qualified primary teacher, a mum, a children's writer, a copywriter, a PR consultant, a reviewer, and of course, founder and director of Just Write for Kids Australia and books on tour PR and marketing. On top of that, I know for a fact she does the world's best teacher notes for middle grade fiction. A huge welcome, Romy. And I want to ask you straight away, what is this beautiful book, Our Australian Heart, all about? And how did you come up with the idea? Well, thank you for that very kind introduction. Um, so the book, uh, well, actually a, a wise man once described the book as a magical anthology brimming with evocative words and striking colours. <laughs> I don't know who said that. But... <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a weirdo if you ask me. <laughs> I think it was you, David. <laughs> Might have been too. It is. It's, I was blown away the first time I saw the cover. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's come out brilliantly. Uh, couldn't be more proud of everyone who's contributed and just the way it's turned out. It's amazing. Yep. Well, congratulations on that. But what do you hope to achieve with this book? We've got three main goals for this book. Uh, the first one is for everyone to be able to discover and appreciate these talented creators that have been a part of it. Um, often illustrators don't get all the recognition that they really deserve. So I hope that this anthology at least gives them a bit of a boost. The second thing is to give back to the community by raising donations for the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. Um, all of our judges who are on board were aligned with choosing this charity because they're so committed to raising literacy skills and language experiences in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. It's something that aligns with what Just Right for Kids wants to do as well. So it just made sense. And thirdly, um, we aim for readers to be able to engage in the language and the art in the book and to be able to be inspired to use their own voices and their own talents to express themselves and feel a sense of belonging and love for where they live. And it's, it really is inspirational. But having looked at it, you know, there are so many different styles and incredible techniques in the book. How did you go about choosing the winning entries? It wasn't easy, I can tell you. <laughs> Luckily, I had uh, the fabulous judging panel on board. I had Jennifer Sharp of Daisy Lane Publishing, uh, Mary Anastasio and the amazing Tanya Harricks, who all helped to cut down the entries to their top 20 and you'd think that that would make it easy for me, but it still wasn't. <laughs> I practically agonised over the list um, of choosing who to put in. Well, there's, there's five have... people here who are very happy with the statistics yeah. that were made, I can assure you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't easy, but happy with how it turned out in the end. I was just saying how excited I was to be part of this um, project because of what Romy was putting together and the fact that there were so many illustrators working together and um, we all had the opportunity to celebrate Australia as well. But the main thing that drew me to it was that funds or proceeds from the sales will go towards the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. And David is an ambassador of that and very, very involved with, um, with the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. So David, do you want to talk to us a little bit about what the foundation is and your involvement? 
Sure. It's the, you know, the ILF is all about improving literacy levels in remote communities. Our motto is reading opens doors. And I think that's so true. We, we can all relate to that. The better you are at reading and writing, the more opportunities are presented to you. Uh, and to do this, we go about by going to a remote community and asking the people in the community what their what resources they need to improve literacy levels in their community. And then we go about supplying them with those resources. And the most common way we do it is through our book supply program, which is supplying culturally appropriate books to uh, remote communities. And this year we're aiming at uh, getting out of over 130,000 books to over 400 communities. And some of those books are translated into local languages because for some of these kids, English is their second, third or even fourth language. So it's a real barrier that prevents them from reading if it's, if it's not in their local language. So that's, that's been a really effective tool. We've also got a program called Book Buzz, um, which is an early literacy program that links over 100 playgroups right around uh, the country. And finally, the, the third program we have is Community Publish, where people, mainly kids from these remote communities, have the opportunity to write their own stories, write their own books and have them published, which is great to have them in their local community. But it's also fantastic for the rest of Australia and the world to read these stories and get to know these people better. Wow, David, it sounds like it's very, very um, rewarding and actually doing a lot of good in the community. Um, I also just wanted to know, I know people can buy this book and proceeds will go to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation, but just wondering, is there any other way that people can get involved? Yeah, sure. They can go to the website, which is indigenousliteracyfoundation.org.au and make a donation there. And that also explains more about what we do. Um, and just to give you an indication, a $10 donation means that a book, one book goes into the hands of a kid in, in uh, a remote community. And, and maybe that's the start of a door being opened. And I've been there on the Tiwi Islands when these books arrived and seen these kids hug the book to their chest, like it's the most precious, like it's a football, which is almost the most precious thing they can think of up in the Tiwi. But it is, it is just a beautiful thing to watch. Um, and that's the difference we can all make uh, by supporting the ILF. And I really appreciate what's being done with this book. That's amazing, David. It sounds all um, very heartwarming and actually really making a difference. Um, I just wanted to jump to Rachel because Rachel is one of the contributors and um, she's sitting in Perth and her lovely image, Poppies in King's Park, is actually the cover of Our Australian Heart and it really just pops um, with all the reds and greens and blues. Um, and Rachel, I was just wondering what was your inspiration for um, making your piece? Um, I think the thing that inspired me first and foremost was the colour brief. Um, so I selected red as my colour and then the theme was flora and fauna. Um, I've got two daughters, a poppy and a daisy, and so they really inspired it. But I think just Kings Park in general is a really beautiful um, landmark in Perth. Um, I just looked it up, actually. It's the largest inner city park, one of the largest inner city parks in the world. Um, but they have a really beautiful... Um, state war memorial there um, and often the um the rotaries will do these beautiful displays of poppies so i think having seen that and um wanting to incorporate my children in everything um that was a really inspiring thing for me to create the cover um, in terms of style there's a little bit of everything 
Um, so it's got like a acrylic background. There's some watercolour on there. But the main style is collage, which I have. Um, this will be my third um, third book using collage. And I think that um, for me it's a style that really stands out and it's a style that um, speaks to me personally. So, yeah, that's that was sort of the inspiration for the cover. That's amazing. It's a very um, unique technique, which you can definitely see that it's a Rachel Robertson when I look at it. Um, you've also got two other books out. Your books include My Amazing Animal Alphabet Alliteration Book and What Is It? How did you yes. get into this industry? Um, I'm a primary school teacher and after having uh, my second daughter, Daisy, I found that when she was sleeping, I wanted to do something for me. Um, that wasn't nappies and cooking and cleaning. So um, I've always wanted to write and illustrate a book. So I actually wrote the text for my amazing animal alphabet alliteration book, um, read it to the girls and, well, Poppy, the older one, seemed to enjoy it. And then submit. I started illustrating. I initially illustrated in watercolour, um, didn't love how it looked, so then tried... Um, to do collage and it really sort of stand, stood out. So that's what I decided to do. Submitted it to Redback Publishing. Um, they said that they wanted to see a few more pages and the rest, as they say, is history. So I actually have another book coming out with them um, this year. I've just submitted all of my illustrations for that one and that has been a real labour of love. It has taken way too long to illustrate that one but it's got animals in it and um, more of a storybook so yeah so that's really exciting to be having that one come out hopefully this year really excited to see it when it's out I'll be first to pre-order it thank you <laughs> um, we also have Imogen Hartland who has contributed an amazing um, illustration of Sydney's ocean pools it's actually called ocean pools and for those of you around um, Sydney, there's plenty of ocean pools, which I like to go to a lot. I think it's very unique to the area. Um, so Imogen, can you um, tell us a little about a bit about your technique for making it and your inspiration? Um, sure. So I'm fortunate to live on the coast in Sydney. So I live close to a couple of ocean pools and I walk past them every day, swim most days if I can. And um, I just love them. I find them so beautiful, um, visually stunning. And they're interesting. They change all the time with the weather and the tides and the light. And, and there's always some something special about them, I find. Um, and swimming in an ocean pool as well, I think, is just a really calming experience. I love the wide ocean as well, the wild, wide ocean. But I um, there's something about diving under the water in an ocean pool where I feel a real sense of belonging, like, I, like I'm part sea creature. <laughs> Um, so that was my inspiration. I wanted to share that feeling I get from from the ocean pools around the East Coast um, and my technique. So I, I also love collage. I just love scissors and glue. I really hit my happy place when I'm creating, cutting and pasting. So my, my picture started, the components of my picture were created with painted paper collage techniques, um, but I compiled the picture digitally. So I scan the bits and pieces and put them together to kind of establish the composition and to fiddle things like tinker with some additional drawn digital elements and that kind of thing in Photoshop. 
Um, so that kind of lets my perfectionist loose at the end of the creation process, um, whereas the beginning is all play. Um, yeah. It sounds great how you've managed to use um, new, techno new technology and incorporate it into techniques that are more um, tactile. So it sounds yeah. like it's really working for you and really interesting to have a bit of old and a bit of new. Um, how did you find out about the Just Right for Kids competition and what made you want to enter? I, I think I must have seen it on social media some which way. Um, but I remember Im immediately seeing it going straight to the website, feeling almost shaky because it's such an amazing opportunity. I'm an aspiring author, illustrator of picture books. And this, um, apart from being just an extraordinarily inspiring prompt, um, you know, pick a colour and show us what you love about Australia. Um, it was yeah, just the idea that you could possibly be included in an anthology that's a real life picture book. It was an amazing um, motivation. So yeah, it was just a, a, a quite a unique opportunity. I think I haven't come across anything like that before, um, but I was so excited to to see it when it came out. Yeah, that's so wonderful, and I'm glad that you got included with with us as well. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Well, let's turn now to writer-illustrator Kim DeHaan, who is a self-confessed book nerd and an architect by trade. And if you're like me and you're into wordplay, you'll love Kim's book called Hot Diggity Dog, Tales from the Bark Side. I do love that. Uh, and her beautiful contribution to our Australian heart is called The Last Dinosaurs. Um, Kim, can you tell us a bit about your very unique, well, I think it's unique, style of illustrating? Yeah, for sure. So I... Um... My, I've always loved drawing. Um, I've always drawn with pencils, but lately I've got two young kids. I spent a lot of time putting them to bed and nap time, so I've been um, working on my iPad and working digitally. So I still love incorporating some kind of textural elements and some sketch details, but um, working on the iPad at the moment, which is fun, playing with colour and really enjoying that. So, so what is it you most love about having that digital palette if you like uh, as well um, as yeah my inner perfectionist it's sometimes hard to stop because you can just keep on tweaking and changing things uh playing with layers uh normally when I work traditionally I'm quite um nervous about using color I'm not as familiar with it because I've always drawn in pencils in black and white so using digital means I can just kind of go crazy and try something out there's no real wrong way to do it the undo button's always there, which can sometimes be a problem, um, but it's kind of freed me up in a really nice way. So I've it's been a fun way for me to play. Fantastic. Because I think there'd be a lot of people going, oh, I don't know how to do it. It's too hard. Do you, do you pick it up pretty quickly and or was it just you were natural? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've always drawn to the, the, that part's there, but it's really intuitive. Um, and I think really fun and addictive once you start, you know, you can get all sorts of different brushes and people have great tutorials and ways to learn. And I think once you start picking it up, um, it's a really fun thing to play with. Fantastic. And, and what was your inspiration for The Last Dinosaurs? Um, it's from when I first moved to Australia. So I moved around a lot growing up as a kid. I've lived in Egypt and Bahrain and all over the place. And when we moved to Australia, we moved to Broome in Western Australia. It's kind of, there was one paved road. It was, you know, red dirt everywhere. And we lived in a bungalow and we had frogs in our living room and in our toilet. And it was just magical. It was kind of, you know, I was like six or seven. And that was my introduction to Australia. And, you know, I fell in love with the frogs and I'd kind of bring them outside. We'd run around and 
barefoot and it was just the most magical kind of childhood memory. So the moment I saw the prompt, I, that was the first thing that came to mind. It was, it had to be that. I really love the ease with which the girl is handling the frog and placing yeah. it back. Is that was something you were really trying to convey yeah. the feeling? That was, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, was me and that it. kind of curiosity and playfulness and that freedom of being outdoors and um, just that kind of wonder of being in that kind of landscape. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, I feel jealous looking at that. Uh, and I love what you do with lily pads. They, are- they, were, th- they were so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's come off. It looks looks fantastic. So you've done brilliantly. Oh, thank there. you. And I was a huge dinosaur fan when I was a kid too. So yeah. congratulations. It is a, just a, a wonderful contribution to a beautiful book. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, let's now move on to Lainey, Lorraine Miller, who was rescuing elephants at the age of 18, which is in contrast to what I was doing at 18. It's incredible. Um, before becoming a zoologist, a mum and a children's author, including the series the Zookeeper's Quest. And Lainey, if The Zookeeper's Quest ever gets turned into a film, will you be playing The Zookeeper? <laughs> Hopefully, you never know. <laughs> I think it sounds fairly deliberate. But <laughs> wouldn't that be good? Uh, and now your entry into our Australian heart is a joint one with your sister, Jessica. Yeah. And you've done a beautiful piece together, Our Planet, Our Australia. What do those words mean to you? So... Um... Being a zoologist, we kind of wanted to to highlight the amazing uh, habitats and, and plants and wildlife. Everything is so unique here in Australia. So we just wanted to pick out those those special features of the natural world um, that you find around here. And I think from my accent, you'll tell that I'm not originally from Australia. Um, so I think we I just see it with a fresh set of eyes as well. And you see how unique this place is and, and the, the wildlife, especially here, is is just really amazing. So we really wanted to highlight that in this piece. I love the prose, and I also love in the the illustration how there's there's a calmness, but there's also a lot of movement as well. It's uh, it's just really quite striking, and I'm fascinated too. You you worked with your sister to create this. What's your collaboration process like? Yeah, so I'm the author, and Jess is the illustrator. So she's a trained artist, and yeah, I write the the story. So we've released quite a few books together in collaboration. Um, so yeah, it's not without its challenges, especially since we're so far apart physically. Um, she's still in the UK and I'm in Australia, so it can be a bit of a challenge, especially with time differences and things to kind of keep everything kind of on our timeline. But, um, but yeah, it's really easy and really fun most of the time. So yeah, we really enjoy doing things together. Does, do you ever have situations where you just don't agree? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Does that ever come out? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like with any creative process, you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have your kind of heated discussions um but no we're, we're really crazy both of us are, are really crazy so um we always kind of work it out and say okay well we'll do it a bit this way and a bit that way and yeah it always works out fine <laughs> yeah that's fantastic and i'm always amazed as a non i can't write at all but just how how an illustrator can capture what you've written and just make it so much better <laughs> by, by what they draw uh, and yeah. i love being part of that process just to watch it um and i hope both my sisters are listening uh they will be and they know how well people can collaborate as family so thank you very much though another beautiful striking um, bit of prose and beautiful picture as well thank you thanks um michelle michelle dodd has drawn or illustrated yellow-tailed black cockatoos so you're also following in the theme of illustrating animals which is so wonderful 
these cockatoos are just beautiful and you can really see the motion of them and they're definitely flying across the page. I really love these black cockatoos. I've seen white cockatoos a lot, but black cockatoos seem to be an anomaly. What was your inspiration for this illustration? Well, my inspiration was I live on um, 15 acres in um, at a kangaroo ground, which is uh, about an hour out of Melbourne. And originally I lived in another, um, I lived in a place called St Andrews and it, uh, it unfortunately got burnt in the Black Saturday bushfires and I lost my home and my studio. And mm. so I've always, but the black cockatoos, they were there in St Andrews and they, they're here again back in the kangaroo ground and Warren died and they just, they're just amazing because they've got these haunting um, sounds. I don't know if anyone's heard them. They're just amazing birds and they're, they're very slow motion in flight and, yeah, very beautiful. <laughs> so they, I, so when, um, when the competition came out, I, I straight away thought of, um, I love, oh, it's my daughter's favourite colour, but yellow, and straight away I thought, well, I could do the, I had this vision I wanted to do, I wanted to do an illustration of black yellow-tailed black cockatoos and then when you had to choose a colour and then uh, native flora and fauna, I just thought, well, this is what I can do and I can put a bit of wattle in the background and, yeah, so it was very it's inspiring. That's wonderful. And what was the technique that you used to do it? I used um, traditional. I'm a very much a traditional illustrator, so watercolour and pencil, I've yeah, I've always sort of done, and I used to do airbrush, and yeah, so I love I love my watercolors and pencils together. It's amazing to to do, yeah, yeah. It's lovely that you're able to experiment, and I'm really sorry to hear about your studio and your home, but really wonderful that you are able to get back into it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to push forward and <laughs> not look back, and yeah, do try and 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 another lady, Jeanette. Um, she did a beautiful picture of the leaf after the bushfires, and that was just truly beautiful. It's also in the book. So it was yes, touched to see that one as well because I understand exactly what it means when the leaves come back, and yeah, that was truly beautiful. Yeah, it was a very challenging time and it's great to see that people are back on their feet and, you know, the plants have been regenerated as much as possible, I guess, in such a short time, which is really great to hear. Um, well, I would love to find out more, uh, Michelle, about what you're working on as well. I'm actually more, I'm doing a lot more writing now. Um, so originally uh, with the, um, I entered the pitch it as a, and I was shortlisted with a, with a novel and I, that was really exciting. So when they did a picture it and I, I was an illustrator, I ha I'm not doing so much illustration now because when you lose everything and all your, your studio, your, it's very hard to get back into it. And then I sort of lost touch with like, um, I didn't keep up with computers and things. So yeah, so I'm more sort of doing writing. So I've got two novels I'm working on at the moment. And I've just done a residency at the um, Newcastle Lighthouse as a writer. And that was just awesome to be that was on at the ocean. So that was really excellent to be to be part of that as well. Sounds like a wonderful experience and I'm happy that you found a way to still pursue that what you're interested in and hopefully you'll do more illustrations because your illustration is just absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now it's time for me to interview my fantastic co-host and I'm sure there's a lot of people, illustrators out there listening who'd love to know the answer to this question, Carla. How did you become an illustrator? 
Well, it wasn't part of my um, plan. I'm not much of a planner and I didn't wake up, you know, as a kid and go, I'm going to be an illustrator when I grow up. I didn't really know it existed. I just loved to draw and I always would spend a lot of time at home drawing birthday cards whenever someone's birthday came up. But I actually pursued a career in finance. So I went a completely different way, not creative at all. And I spent about, you know, 10 years um, in the finance industry, didn't pick up much of a pen or a pencil until my kids were in the world. I started being a bit more creative at home. And then when COVID hit, I was at home and looking for ways to entertain myself. And the kids were doing lots of funny things around the house. So I started sketching them. Like one of the things my son did was go into the bathroom and wash his hands for an hour. But what he actually did was mess the entire bathroom with shampoo and conditioner and hand soap everywhere. And I thought this was pretty funny and I sketched it and then ended up sketching a few other activities that they were doing and thought, oh, this would be a great children's book. So I started writing it, didn't know anything about children's books or writing them, even though I'd read many, many books to my kids. But ads started popping up on Facebook and I jumped on a course um, for Make Art That Sells. And one thing led to another and I did illustration course after illustration course, wrote some books. Um, put a portfolio together. My work was on a website, the ASA, and a publisher found me on that website and said, hey, I see that you've illustrated underwater scenes and mermaids. Would you be interested in doing a shark book? So that's what sort of led me down this path. And um, I've stopped working in the finance industry and I now do this full time. Well, I thought I was the only fin ex-financial analyst in the industry. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to know that you're here as well. Um, you know, I just uh, want to know too into the importance of doing courses in terms of, you know, how valuable is that in terms of improving your skills? Well, they're really valuable and because they focus specifically on children's books. I think you can do lots of courses, art courses, illustration courses. I think any time that you're picking up a pen or a pencil and making art, it's valuable. And it's great to have instruction as well and get ideas of, um, how to do things, especially how to tailor things for this industry, how to tell a story. And I really love that you can learn so much. And I think one of the main things that um, was life-changing for me out of the first course I did was that I got a group of illustrators who we all meet up regularly. We review each other's work and we critique each other's work. And we also offer support because it's an industry where you can go out and do a lot of work and submit things and get a lot of rejections. And it's nice to have that support network around to um, help you through those times and keep you motivated. Uh, my group is called the Illo Guild and we meet every two weeks and we've been doing it for three years now. So that's been life-changing really. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I've said too, the support from your, from peers is so important because your friends, you love your friends, but they just don't get what you do and what it means to miss out on something or to achieve something too. It's uh, it's very personal, um, but it's great if you can share that with fellow illustrators or writers. And in terms of um, our Australian heart, what made you choose to illustrate the Great Barrier Reef? Um, about 20 years ago, and I'm sounding very old now, but I went on a um, liveaboard boat, boat at the Great Barrier Reef and I got to do like 10 dives in four days, which was absolutely amazing. And one of the most amazing memorable experiences from that time was swimming with some turtles. So I was following them out through the reef and then into this open blue expanse. 
And when I found out about our Australian heart, there were a few criteria that we could um, follow. And one of them was theme. One of the themes was color. So blue, I wanted to do something blue. And the other one, I wanted to do something with nature. So the Great Barrier Reef just really fit into those categories. And I thought, wow, that's also the most magical experience I've had in Australia. And it's natural. And I also want to do, well, I always like bringing awareness to the Great Barrier Reef. And um, that just seemed to speak to me as something that I love to draw and an experience that felt really Australian to me. It is a very special place. And what I love too in your illustration is you've got the the kids uh, coexisting with marine life so beautifully. They're all happy and uh, it's a very joyous uh, illustration. So that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I think with children's books, one of the things we all get to do as illustrators and authors is bringing the world that children don't necessarily experience day to day um, into their hands. So that was another reason I wanted to make sure children were in there. So it's something that they get to see because we sometimes see this ocean, which is just sort of a big blue expanse and we don't really know what goes on underneath. And kids, when they're learning to swim and that sort of thing, snorkeling is not the number one thing they do. It sort of comes later on. So it was great to introduce um, the concept of what's underneath the water. Fantastic. Actually, there was some good advice that came out in that discussion too about illustrators who who mightn't have been published yet, what they should be doing. And, I mean, have a group of friends, fellow illustrators is a nice one, Mm -hmm. training courses that are specific as specific as possible to to what you're trying to do is is another great tip. Has anyone else got any other tips? Because sometimes you can get pretty down when things aren't happening. I think the main tip I have, and I know this is hard to say, but just keep going because I think we hear it. We have a lot of silence in this industry and silence isn't a no, but it can still be um, taken as a no. But I've heard lots of stories that somebody says, oh, a publisher took my work and put a postcard or something on their wall and they've been looking at it for seven years and mm-hmm. finally they contacted me. So I feel like those stories do actually take place so you just really have to keep going keep making art and keep doing what you love and hope and put it out into the world as well and sometimes it does get seen my um story actually one of um I emailed a publisher because I really love um their um illustrations and books and I heard nothing back and then six months later they responded to me and said hey I love your illustrations and do you want to do a book with us So it was silence for six months, no rejection, and then it turned out with a very positive outcome. So those stories happen all the time. So I think it's just a matter of keeping on going. And when you feel stuck, just to find um, art or illustrations to do that make you feel happy and joyful rather than trying to do something which is a lot of hard work and not very rewarding. I was just going to say I I would echo exactly what Carla's saying just keep going, keep submitting. And, you know, my husband says to me, and it does keep me going, and he says, you are just refining your skills. So every single time you submit, um, every piece of writing or illustration that you submit, you're just refining your skills. And I think that that is so true and it does make the rejection ever so slightly easier. (laughs) I think remembering your why, you know, like why do you want to do this? Is it something that brings you joy and something that you hope to share with others? And I think remembering the joy and the curiosity and the play, because I think it's so easy to get 
you know, you get rejection, you get silence, you question yourself, you see other things, and it can really easily become quite uh, like a hard thing to do. But if you can find those moments of joy and remember, reconnect with what really draws you to it in the first place, and remember that it's probably a matter of time. If you keep going, it's um, somewhere, somewhat, something will will work out. I think one other idea, there's there's also some wonderful um, kid-lit magazines out there that take illustration submissions. So I've found that a really sort of fun way to to get work out there as well. It, was, it also doesn't have to be picture book specific. So I've just had a an article published in a conservation children's magazine. So it's for kids, but it's specific to conservation. So I think as well, it doesn't have to be kind of picture books you can kind of branch out and get your work out there in kind of other ways and then it will kind of filter through to to when you want it to be Jeez, there's some brilliant tips and advice there thanks everyone for sharing that that's brilliant so look it really is an incredible book uh, that captures so many different parts of the country uh, in such distinctive and artistic ways um, so Romy back to you where can people purchase this uh, beautiful book our Australian heart the book's available at some of the major online retailers and selected bookshops and gift shops around Australia. The best place really to order is to go to justkidslit.com um, or you can email me directly and I'll sort that out for you or ask for it at your library or bookshop. Absolutely, Brian, and I cannot recommend this book highly enough. And don't forget, a percentage of the proceeds are going very generously to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation, which is very special to me, but it's going to change the lives of uh, many kids in remote communities. So that's, that's wonderful. So that's pretty much it from me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And thanks to all our wonderful listeners for joining us today. And thank you to all our guests. It's been great to be part of this community of illustrators and um, be part of the book with all of you. And also a huge thank you to Romy for bringing us all together and organizing this. So it's just um, really lovely to be part of this group and um, have Romy's input along the way. And also just a huge thank you to Danny for having us do a takeover episode. We really love listening to her show and I really can't wait to listen to more episodes.